Lumpur Chah would ask, if you can't go forwards and you can't go back and you can't stand still, where can you go? You can't go to the side or up or down either. Where can you go? You can't go forwards, you can't go backwards, you can't stand still. Or you'd say, the Buddha Dhamma is not to be found in moving forwards, nor in moving backwards, nor in standing still. This is the place of non-abiding. We conceive ourselves as a person located in this particular place, sitting here in the temple at Amravati. This time, Sunday, January the 15th, 2017, this place, this time, this person, here I am. And we take those perceptions to be an absolute reality. This is the mind attaching to the five khandhas, to thinking, feeling, to the body, material world. Because of identification with the rupa khanda, the, the realm of material form, we say, I am here, you are there. This is Hertfordshire. This is England. But space, three-dimensional space, only applies to the world of form. It doesn't apply to mind. Mind doesn't have any material form, so three-dimensional space doesn't really apply. You can't say where the mind is. Where does not apply. Therefore, going forwards, going backwards, standing still doesn't apply in the realm of mind. It only applies in the realm of, of body, material form. When someone says, where is your mind? You might tap your skull or your chest or say, oh, my mind was off in my, uh, off in my kuti or was off in the past. But that's just a figure of speech. When things are explored with wisdom, it's recognized. Where doesn't apply. When Umpocha asks, if you can't go forward, you can't go back, you can't stand still, where do you go? It's pointing to the only way that that puzzle can be solved, that conundrum, is to let go of identification with the body, with the five khandhas. To let go of time, personality, location. 
That's the only way that the puzzle can be solved. As long as life is conceived in the form of me having been somewhere else, who's now here, will go other places in the future, an independent individual me passing through time and places, liberation's impossible. The mind is identified with the five khandhas, with the three-dimensional material world. As long as that identification, that grasping is there, liberation is impossible. But when the grasping stops, liberation is present. The heart is freed from limitation by material form, feelings, perceptions, mental formations, consciousness. In the Udana, the inspired utterances of the Buddha, the, the Buddha says there is that ayatana, that sphere of being, where there is no sun, no moon, no stars, no earth, water, fire, or wind, no this world, no other world, no formless realms of infinite consciousness, or infinite space, or nothingness, neither perception or non-perception. In that ayatana, in that sphere of being, there is neither a coming, nor a going, nor a standing still. It has no basis. And then he says this, just this, is the end of dukkha, the end of suffering. So that teaching is one of the things informing a kind of comment from Lumpur Cha. In that sphere of being, in that quality of the unconditioned dimension of reality, there's no coming, no going, no standing still, no dying, no reappearance, no birth, no death. Those don't apply. Oh, this boggles the mind. The thinking mind collapses because the thinking mind is conditioned to conceive me as a separate individual person located in this place, this time, being this person, having this name. But when those determinations, those designations are let go of, they're seen as mere creations of uh, thoughts and attitudes, then the mind can awaken to its own fundamental nature, that unconditioned quality that underlies, permeates all experience, the Dhamma that is ever-present, apparent here and now, timeless. Sanditiko Akaliko, that Dhamma, ever-present, but which we don't notice because we're so busy with the born and the dying, me and you, coming and going, gaining and losing, 
succeeding and failing. Day and night, warm and cold, full and hungry, coarse and impure, pure and noble, fine and beautiful, painful and grim. So we can take a little reflection, a simple question. If you can't go forward, you can't go back, you can't stand still. Where can you go? To pick that up and look at it, explore it. Where doesn't apply? You doesn't apply. Past and future don't apply. And even though the thinking mind is boggled, finds it hard to conceive, what that does is it's deliberately frustrating the thinking mind so that it has to fall away. And as the thinking mind stops trying to conceive a me who's separate from you, past, present and future, and that all falls away, what is here? There's knowing, spaciousness, brightness, peacefulness. When the heart is free of the I am, that is Nibbana here and now. There's no need to conceive that mind, that awake, aware quality, no need to conceive it as a person, as a being. Mind is not a thing, it's not a person, it's not a being, an entity. There's awakened awareness, the knowing mind. We don't have to call it a person, we don't have to call it a woman, a man, old, young, monk, nun, layperson healthy, sick, coming, going, none of those designations really apply. And when we use a little reflection like that, you can't go forwards, you can't go back, you can't stand still, where do you go? The only answer, the only way of resolving that and why we ask that kind of question is to encourage that radical, wholehearted relinquishment, letting go, letting go of time, letting go of self, letting go of location. It's like in those questions about where does an enlightened being go after the death of the body? Do they reappear in a different realm? Do they not reappear? Do they both reappear and not reappear? Do they neither reappear nor not reappear? The Buddha responds, reappears, doesn't apply. Does not reappear, does not apply. Just like if a fire goes out, 
And you ask the question, where did the fire go? North, south, east or west? The question doesn't apply because it presumes a reality that doesn't exist. They're asking, where does an enlightened being go when they die? It's like, being doesn't apply, going doesn't apply, dying doesn't apply. <laughs> the way the question is asked presumes a reality that doesn't exist. So this is deliberately frustrating to the thinking mind. But when the thinking mind falls away, when it finds it doesn't have the resources to explain or describe or create an image, what remains is purity, peacefulness, brightness. That's the answer. That's the point of asking the question. The silent mind, bright, awake, infinite, immeasurable, unfathomable. Totally present, formless, timeless, not a person, not born, not dying, neither coming, nor going, nor standing still. That little booklet, uh, No Ajahn Chah, is a, a description of an encounter where someone asks Lumpo Chah, how old are you? And do you live here at Wat Papong all the time? He said, I don't have any age. Maybe are you. And I don't live anywhere. To have an age or to live somewhere means you're you're being a person, it means you have something. If you have something, there's suffering. To be somewhere creates dukkha. I don't have an age, I don't live anywhere. That's the voice of the wisdom mind, the pure heart speaking. The body gets parked in different places around the planet, but that's not identified with as where I live. The body was born, been around, uh, circling around the sun for a number of years, but what's that got to do with anything real? Bodies get born, bodies die. Seasons change, night and day come and go. So again, when Lumpo Chah gives an answer like that, say, I don't have an age and I don't live anywhere. Well, I think he's just trying to be clever, give a, a, a Zen-like answer. But also, you can hear him speaking from that place of truth. There isn't an I that lives anywhere. And... This mind, this timeless presence, doesn't have an age. How could it? In this ayatana, this sphere of being, there's no 
dying, no reappearance, no coming, no going, no standing still. Doesn't apply. Birth and death don't apply. Here and there don't apply. Self and other don't apply. These kind of teachings are not given to create more confusion or to increase the quality of doubt. Of course not. So if the thinking mind picks up these, these words and tries to puzzle out a clever solution or put things together in a, a pattern or a form or an image that is pleasing, that can only serve a, a temporary or minimal purpose. The point is not to create a perfect mental image of how everything works, but to be awake. For dukkha to end, that's the point. So we're not trying to come up with the perfect expression or the ideal mental image to to uh, encompass, to describe the way things are, but we use the, the words, the principles, to illuminate the habits of attachment, to show them, to know them, to let them be released, and then for the heart to, to know the ending of dukkha, the absence of dukkha, dukkha nirodha. That's the point, to realize Nibbāna, to be peace, awake, aware, limitless.